What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast with a Monday rundown on a Monday for you. We jumped right in. We talked Ryder Cup real quick. Sean had a little bit of a blunder, but we cleaned that up. Following that, we talked college football. After that, we talked MLB and a little NBA. Obviously, some BS in between as well. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Enjoy the pod. We'll be talking to you Wednesday. down here actually on a Monday and I hope everybody really enjoyed our Ryder Cup preview from this past <laughs> weekend. Um, I really me for a loop. It, yeah, you know, it's partially your fault because you got the dates wrong, but it's also my fault for just going with you and not double checking because no 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 it's a hundred percent my fault. i kept trying to go in figure time zones out everything i'm like when the fuck is this thing started then saturday rolled around and i was like maybe they're playing really early in the morning i don't know and then finally i looked up the rules and i looked above the rules and it said the dates and i was like oh eh, well sean fucked up <laughs> and i did i was uh i was so excited for it that i read the dates wrong and got them from a couple of years ago so if you were interested in the 2021 Ryder Cup, uh, I would have had you covered last weekend. But yeah, the times are better for that too because that was in Wisconsin. So, but this yes, is in, this is in Italy, so it's going to be a little bit tougher for us to watch. But that's okay. Yeah, it's like super early, and then I think the I think the latest it goes is to 1 p.m. Eastern on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, so since we're talking about it, let's just break it down, and then we'll go to college football next. I guess, Sean, is that all right with you? Please, you're the CEO, you're driving this bus, you nailed it, and even if I was to push back, how could I do a worse job than last week? So please, let's get into it. That's a good point. Um, All right, so have they released their matchups yet is the question, now that I realize I can just go. I'm an idiot too, because I could have found the rules quite easily. Um. Let's start with the with the formats though. Like, what is four ball for somebody who's who doesn't really know the terminology, like me? What are we looking at in terms of in, in how, terms of how that's being played? Okay, so the four ball in a four ball in a four ball, each member of a two man team plays his own ball. So four balls are in play on every hole. Each team counts the lowest score of its two scores on each hole, and the team whose player had the lowest score wins the hole. Um, if the scores are tied, the hole is half. So it's basically just a fancy word for best ball. So just to break it down to make it easier, let's say me and you were on a two-man team, and then Ryan Donahue, friend of the pod, and Will Smith, friend of the pod, were on another team. I like to think, eh, I don't know, I've never seen you play golf before, but I like to think that... I was going to say, you could have picked either of them, and it probably would have been a better, better teammate than me, but I like it. So... If you and I are on a team and let's say you make a bogey, I make a double bogey, Will Smith makes a par, and Ryan Donahue makes a birdie, which he's known to make, um, our best score on that is a bogey, Ryan's score is a birdie, so their team would have won um, that, and that's pretty much how four ball works. So the best score out of the two players you take, uh, the second matchup is just labeled as foursomes. Uh, in foursomes, each two-man team plays one ball per hole with the players taking turns until each hole is complete. Players players alternate tee shots with one leading off 
on an odd number of holes, the other doing the even number of holes, and then the same thing. The lower score of the holes wins. I don't know why they have to call it a foursome. It's called alternate shot. You just hit every other shot. Follow? I got you. Okay. Then they have singles. I think this is pretty self-explanatory. In singles, each match features one player from each team. The player with the lower score wins the hole. So everything is match play. There's no stroke play. Um, And then, again, all the holes that are tied are halved. So those are the three scoring formats, okay? We got it down. Perfect. Yeah, I can understand in the the alternate shots you want to have a little bit of strategy there in terms of who's driving the ball, who's who's using the wedges, who's putting. Well, yeah, and you got to have good good team camaraderie. Yeah, for sure. And we saw the team camaraderie on full display a couple years ago in Wisconsin. Um, Are you taking the U.S. to to repeat this time around overseas in Italy? Well, let's go over the scoring. Uh, Each match is worth one point with matches ending in a tie worth obviously a half point. The first team to reach 14 and a half points wins the Ryder Cup. Uh, If the match ends in a 14-14 tie, which I guess we could get our statistics department on that, but I'm going to guess that it never has. Uh, The team holding the Ryder Cup retains it, which I believe just happened in the Soheim Cup. Um, You would know. So I I don't remember um, who won the Soheim Cup, but whoever won it last time won it again. So congratulations to that team. Um, Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, Typically, it's very difficult, especially in recent times, for the U.S. to win on European soil. But I really like this team, and I'm going to ride for my guys. I'm going Team USA. What about you, Sean? Yeah, I'm going Team USA as well. I really feel like. You know, there was a lot of deliberation over who they were going to pick. I'm not sure if you saw, but Brooks got his fresh haircut to head overseas. Yeah, a couple mullets. A couple mullets. Yeah, he had his barber take care of him. Um, Listen, man, I think at the end of the day, um, the European team is really, really strong. Obviously, we saw how Victor closed out the season. Um, And any team with him, you know, he's he's riding that momentum. But I just feel good about the U.S. team and, and what they did. Uh, in Wisconsin a couple of years ago, and I think they're going to do it again. Yeah, I do too. Um, usually you only win on your soil, but I think this USA team is poised to win. Um, we're going to see how tough. Obviously the home team, this being the European team, gets to dictate the course layout, so I'm going to assume that it, uh, in Europeans' past, I think they're going to follow that. The course, is the rough is going to be grown up and, whatnot and it's it's going to be an accuracy game um but you know what scotty scheffler and a few of his counterparts parts on this team led the led the uh tour in driving as well as i think accuracy so i i like our chances um i don't know i don't have any information on uh when the groups take off um or who's playing who yet i don't know if the captains haven't put it out uh, but that's all we got for you. You and I both have Team USA. Yeah, uh, one thing, one name that stood out to me as you were mentioning the accuracy being such a focal point of this tournament is going to be Brian Harmon. I think that once again, I mm-hmm. mean that that's that's a really good guy to have on your side overseas. Obviously, different kind of course, but we saw what he did in the uh, the Open Championship back in July. Absolutely. I'm looking at the future venues here. I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod before, but in two years, it comes back to New York to Bethpage. Um, 
Sean, I don't know if you you're going to get yourself out Yeah, there. I don't know if you're going to go, but I'm thinking I'm definitely going to go. And then uh, a course that I've seen a ton of that's probably might be the purest course on earth in 2027 to dare matter in uh, Ireland, probably the most famous non-Lynx course in uh, in Europe. Um, maybe, yeah. And I'd, uh, I'd li- listen, 2027, you don't know how we're going to be financially. Maybe we'll be making a trip out there too. Shit, man, if I can just get out to Connecticut only the once or twice next year with your wedding being one of them, I might be, a, I might be, uh, you know, more so inclined to head back up that way to catch a little Ryder Cup action in September. Well, yeah, but I was talking about 2027. Maybe we can get out to Ireland. I understand what you're saying. Uh, that's why I said let's focus on 2025 <laughs> first before we're going overseas. Um, but, yes, I like where your mind's at. Hey, listen, you don't know what's going to happen to you in the next, what is it, 2023, four years, maybe – Maybe, you know, maybe you marry Rich, maybe maybe a couple promotions from now. We don't know, Sean. Hey, we don't know. I'm keeping all options open. I'm excited. Uh, but I'm just thinking, let's go. Let's get the two years first, especially since that's going to be in New York. Two years is more attainable for you and unequivocally much more attainable for me. <laughs> Although we don't know. Like I said, we don't know what's going to happen in two years. I could be living down your way for all we know. That's true. A lot can happen in two years. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this. Obviously, I was so excited that I got the week wrong. But the that's Ryder good. Cup it's just here. a little more, a uh, little more anticipation. You had to wait a week. I did. Uh, Let's hope you get which, rewarded with your. Patience. I thought it. I thought it was coinciding with your birthday. That was the birthday weekend. Birthday weekend was good. Uh, unfortunately, the tropical storm headed up this way. Nothing was damaged, but there was a lot of rain. Um, but Friday, the fiance and I played nine holes of golf, which was nice, nice Nice dinner at my mom's house. Um, which is tradition. I always get a little chicken parm dinner and then homemade cake for my mom. Saturday, Michaela's dad had never been to Dave and Buster's before. So I was like, all right, we'll go. Um, he was disappointed because he said, I thought there'd be more adults and less kids. And I was like, it'd be, I think I said, it'd be pretty (laughs) weird if this was all adults. (laughs) Um, he was pissed because he had to like, he liked the halo game and he had to like fight a bunch of little kids for the halo game. And I was like, sorry, buddy, that's just the way it goes. And then yesterday I just watched football all day. Uh, all in all, it was a great low key birthday weekend, even with the rain. That's good, man. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Uh, I would think that a Dave and Buster's on a rainy Saturday afternoon would not be adult central. That's uh, parents wanting their kids to be babysat by all the games yeah. and everything. Well, it's because on Father's Day we had taken him to this bar that it was like a, it's like a barcade, and that was obviously more adults. And I said, "Oh, Dave and Buster's is like that times ten, but I just meant the the amount of games that were there. I didn't mean like the it would just be the same thing times a million. So. Maybe a little bit, you know. Maybe I got it wrong, just like you did the dates for the for the Ryder Cup. I don't know. There was a little bit lost in translation. That seemed to be a theme this weekend. Yeah, a little bit. But we're here. We've made it to Monday. Another shitty week to come. And another year older. Good yep. job by you, buddy. Another year older. Twenty nine. Here I am. In a year from now, I'll be thirty years old. That's depressing. Um, but with that being said, let's another another week, another slate of college football to recap and then talk about the next week. Uh, let's lead it off. Florida State beat Clemson thirty-one to twenty-four in overtime. Um, I think they're going to retain their number five with that win. 
Uh, yes. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, when I when I look at Ohio or when I look at Florida State, I thought this was such a trap game. I didn't love the fact that it was an early game for them. Remember, Boston College almost almost got them um, the week before. But I think heading into this game, Dabo emptied his chips to the front of the table and said, "This is this is what we've got to do." Uh, if we don't win this game, our season's absolutely over. Remember, they got absolutely dismantled by Duke in the first week of the season. And they hung in there, man. Their quarterback looked good. Their defense played well. But at the end of the day, in overtime, uh, Florida State had already captured momentum. And um, they were the better team, not by a lot. And now they can hopefully coast the rest of the division play in the ACC. Yeah, they held on for dear life, and I think they'll be able to come away with it. Um, Big yeah. time plays by Jordan Travis, by the way. Yeah, I watched a little bit of the uh, – speaking of Boston College, I was interested to see how they would perform after the uh, after the almost upset, and they got blown out by Louisville. So now I've got my eyes on Louisville, who's yeah, having a great the ACC, year. The ACC obviously is not deep, so you just want to make sure Florida State – You know, this is two straight weeks of close games on the road, though. So they're going to be back home, and they just got to get their shit together. But I do see winning plays. That team does make winning plays. The wide receiver at the end of the game that made that catch, the name is escaping me, was just a tremendous play in the corner of the end zone. And like I said, Travis really, really galvanized that team. He was playing through a hand injury, the left shoulder injury that he originally sustained at the BC game. Uh, Really big-time performance by him. And let's be honest, dude, if you're going to contend for a national championship – you need wins like this in tough spots. Dabo and Clemson, are they what they used to be? No, but that's still not an easy place to play. Never is. Uh, the other Death Valley, I guess that's what they call it. Um, no originality in college football. I know, it's sad. Um, all right, next game, Oregon beats Colorado 42-6. to Eventually that chariot was going to turn into a pumpkin. I'm not really disappointed by it. I mean, Oregon's supposed to be one of the best teams in the country. And Colorado, listen, they they already got their big upset win of the year in the first first uh, game of the season, and and Prime's building this program up. That's that's all he's doing, dude. If they didn't win the first couple weeks, this wouldn't have even been a big deal. Exactly, exactly. So I'm not worried about him at all. And, and I I love Prime, and honestly, anybody that doesn't, you know, get your head checked. He seems all in all like an awesome figure. They won three times as many games as they did all of last year, and they didn't have their best player. In a really tough place to play, I talked about Clemson being tough. Eugene, Oregon is one of the hardest spots to play. That fan base is crazy, and Bo Nix is awesome. Remember, I had him as a Heisman candidate. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's done everything to back that up so far this year. I also had Oregon winning the Pac-12. I didn't expect the Pac-12 to be this deep and so good uh, in their final incarnation uh, of the season, but I mean, Oregon's a wagon, man. They're really, really good. They are. They definitely are. Next game is your Alabama Crimson Tide beating Old Miss 24 to 10. Uh, this was an interesting first half. Upset alert. Um, but then Saban and the team got it together in the second half. Yeah, you saw a lot of things in the first half that were indicative of the previous weeks where the offense was sputtering. Milrow threw a terrible interception in the end zone, a lot of self-inflicted wounds with penalties. Um, And like you said, in the second half, after probably a very impassioned uh, halftime speech, 
they play the kind of football that you're going to want to see this team play if you're an Alabama fan the rest of the year. Um, the defense was on another level. Jackson Dart was not able to use his legs the way he wanted to. Um, Lane Kiffin didn't seem to have a real answer for this Alabama defense, and they started running the ball um, a lot more effectively, which opened up the passing game for Milrow, who hit on a couple of big plays. So uh, that, I think, has to be the formula the rest of the way, Tom. I don't think this is an Alabama team like in the last couple of years where they're scoring 35 to 45 points a game. I think they want to live probably more so in that 25 to 32 range. And if they do that and their defense plays like it did on Saturday, they'll be in fine shape. Yeah, they're a grinded-out team this year, but – I mean, you've seen Saban teams like that win before. That's the thing about Saban. He can win any way. Um, <clears throat> next game, I watched a hell of a lot of this game. Ohio State beat Notre Dame 17-14. to Honestly, do you think Notre Dame lost this game? Well, yeah, because, Tom, the last two plays, including the fourth down where they gave up the game-winning touchdown, they had 10 men on the field. I know. It was uh, – I – it almost was indicative to me that I don't think the coach was ready to go. I, I don't even think he he expected to be in that position, and that's alarming to me when you're one of the biggest programs in the country regardless. I don't think they've won since 1986 or something like that, but regardless, you you need to be better than that towards the end of the game. Much better because they did play well enough to win pretty much throughout this whole matchup, man. I mean, the defense was really flying around. I don't know why I hate Ohio State so much, but I was rooting so hard against him. Maybe it's because I hate Urban Meyer. Maybe it's because um, his replacement, um, I can Ryan Day, Brian, Ryan Day can, I can clearly tell, dyes his beard. <laughs> Nobody's hair is that black. I thought just your hate, my hatred for the Big Ten has worn off on you. Yeah, uh, it could be that too. I was just heavily rooting against Ohio State, and I'm not even really a big Notre Dame guy. No, I was pulling for Notre Dame. Um, no fan of theirs, but just the environment looked awesome. And they had a legitimate chance to win. Like I said, they really screwed up those last two plays by only having 10 men on the field. How you don't catch that once on third down and still get the stop is great. How you're completely ill-prepared for that fourth down run. But this game to me, man, this came down to Kyle McCord. Um you know, there have been a lot of questions out of Columbus so far this year as to whether he's going to be the guy to take them where they want to be. Um, you know, not as he's still very heralded, but not playing to the same level that we saw Fields play at early in his career and, and Stroud play early in his career. But he won that game for them. He went down the field, made a couple of big-time throws against a really good Notre Dame defense. Like I said, they've been flying around all night. And I give him a lot of credit. That can only boost his confidence, and we'll see where Ohio State goes from here. Yeah, terrible game, but a great final drive. Fantastic. So much so that even you tweeted out, what a game. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I see you're you're paying attention. Um, College football for you on your birthday night. Things I never thought I'd I I actually I sat down on the couch after we got home from Dave & Buster's, and I was like, God, i gotta, I got to put on the Ohio State game. Oh, Look at that. Look at me. I love it. Too bad Look it's going to come. I was so invested in the Ryder Cup. I was early a week, and you're sitting down on your birthday night watching college football. Look at that. Grown. Too bad it's all going to come crashing down next season when everything goes to fucking hell. Yeah, I know. I'm still probably going to be heavily invested in all these games, but it's oh, just yeah. not going to hit. It's going to hit different. Um, uh, let's talk about LSU. Staving off Arkansas, 34-31. 
not any way uh, anyone thought this game was going to go as they were, LSU was a 17-and-a-half-point favorite to hang on by three, but a win's a win in the SEC. Wasn't sexy, but a win is a win. LSU starting to clean things up, although I do still think they're Fugazi and I don't like their quarterback. No, he, he's such a boomer bust kind of player, man. You yeah. saw the greatness on display at Mississippi State, and you saw the great and the bad in this game. But the LSU defense is going to be what has to keep them together when you're riding the roller coaster that is Daniels. Uh, and this defense to me is, is kind of reminiscent of the quarterback, isn't it, to you, right? They have their great days, and then they have their days where they give up 31 to, uh, to Arkansas. Yep, no, no doubt about it. Uh, moving on to the next game, Texas beats Baylor 38-6. to I think I had this as an upset. I think that's why you put it in here to shit on me. I did. <laughs> um, that was really cool of you. We look ahead to this week. Uh, Will is already texting me about Texas, Kansas. Um, he didn't mention you, but for whatever reason, I think just because you live in that town, he associates you as a Texas fan, even though he knows. So- I had to bother him again the other day, dude. He texted me on Saturday again. And I'm like, I don't understand what's so difficult for you to process. Like, in my opinion, he never will. He, 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 he never can will. root for South Carolina football. He just no. can't claim them. No. no, 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 no. He can root for them to be good, but Mm-mm. he can't claim them. They're not his team. He cannot be like. He can't he wear their gear. I don't even want to know. But like, that, but that's the thing, right? It's like he can't grasp the fact that. Well, you're I, just I, saying this because you want to justify your quote-unquote rooting for Texas. That's why you're saying I, this because yeah, it benefits but I'm not you. A Texas fan. I, I technically root for UConn football. I haven't watched a game in however long. If they're good. That's nice. No, listen. I, I understand what you're saying, but he's never going to get like it. How through. You were saying like I root against Ohio State the other night. It's like, well, you're not root like you're not affected by Notre Dame winning. Yeah, so you're no. just not rooting for Ohio State. No, I agree. I it, Will will never get it through. Um, it, I'm not wearing it, Texas stuff. Like, if Texas starts winning, like, you're not going to see me in burnt orange celebrating that they It is won. a great color, though. It's a beautiful color. It, By the way, is. when I went to the football game, I was wearing the 2023 UConn National Championship shirt. Uh, just, you know, figured they could see a little bit of a championship shirt that doesn't see go back what, to 2005. See what it looks um, like. Huh? You have to show them what a championship looks like. That was it. Yeah. I was like, you know, you're going all these 2005 national championship shirts. I got one from this past April. Um, yeah. I don't own any championship clothing because my teams are putrid. <laughs> I know. I feel, I feel I think curious. I gave Michaela my 09 Yankees shirt. It was time. That's as far back as you go, isn't it? Yeah, I, I have yeah. somewhere I have, uh, I might have sold it a 96 crew neck, but, you know, I was probably, you know, just barely walking around when that happened, so. Yeah, I have some of my dad's, like, 2099, but, yeah, 2009, man, that's the last one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, for for, uh, for Will, Will, one more time, not a Texas fan. I'm an Alabama fan. Alabama won. I celebrated that. Texas ran over Baylor. There was no trap game to be seen. Good for them. Cool. They're still ranked third in the country, and now you'll have a chance to uh, to really gloat to, I guess, whomever, because I don't represent Texas fans, if you come into Austin this Saturday and win. Yep. No, no doubt about it. Possibly have him on on Wednesday um, to talk more shit to 
well, the air, but what he thinks is you. Um, and, and maybe talk about his Cowboys, uh, what happened this past weekend. Not that you or I could talk shit, but, you know. Nope. <laughs> but I can laugh. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm doing too. Um, but we'll talk about that on Wednesday. Moving on, Utah beats UCLA 14-7. to They hold on for dear life. Yeah, uh, again, uh, Kim Rising not playing in this game. So they, they're they playing with a backup quarterback who has done a very admirable job. But they, their defense is really, really stellar, man. And UCLA, obviously, with Chip Kelly, uh, they got a new quarterback in there with uh, DTR gone. Um, and they were playing in Salt Lake City. They never really had a chance. That offense never got going. I was peeking into this game, and it felt like every time I was watching UCLA was punting. Yep. No, it was a it was a boring one. Didn't watch much of it. All right, moving on to the next game. Washington State beats Oregon in a shootout, thirty-eight to thirty-five. This is Pac-12 football right here. Oregon State, baby. Sorry, excuse me. Oregon. Yes, that's okay. It's only I'm only going to correct you when the other team played and we talked about them. Um, <laughs> but this was a big time win. I watched a good amount of this game. A lot of offense all over the place. Uh, High end quarterback play. And Washington State, tell you what, man, it was really funny watching these two teams play because they put on a hell of a show, and they're the only ones that are still going to be in this pack two. Uh, they're not going to be in it. Come on. Nobody, no, I know. They're going to be independents or be absorbed by someone else. But I think they were calling this, people around uh, college football were calling this the nobody wants you bowl, which yeah. I thought was very nice. Which is a shame because they're both ranked, and um, I mean, they're both – you know, uh, I don't know if you would go with the word storied, but they both have pasts. I can, I think I can name players that went to both schools. Yeah, you want to give it a try? Yeah, sure. Gardner Minshew went to Washington State. I know that. Yep. Um Oregon State. Um, Tyreek Hill went to Oklahoma State. <laughs> Honestly, this might be a deep poll, and I'm going to look it up now, but I think Chad Ochocinco might have gone there. I think you're right. I think uh, you're right. Let me take a look. It might have been Oklahoma State, but I'm going to take a peek here on his on Jordan the most Poyer. on the most re- who Jordan Poyer. There's another one. Uh, right. Yes, Chad Ochocinco went to Oregon State for a year. Yep, and then he was look drafted. That. Yeah, it's big pull. Rogers. Yeah, yeah, he went right. Mm-hmm. There's a few. There's Running a few back. NFLers. Um, Ryan Leaf was Washington State. He won the Rose Bowl there. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, listen, my, Mike Leach is probably smiling in his grave after a 38-35 W. Absolutely. The air raid offense was on full display. His former his former whatever <laughs> coaching school. All right. Moving on to the next game. Michigan beats Rutgers 31-7. Not much to say there. That's kind of expected. Yeah, Rutgers scored the first seven points, and they were done after that. That was cool. Uh, USC Hold beats – USC beats Arizona State 42 to 28. This was not a trap game. And then we mentioned Jayhawks earlier. They beat BYU. I think it was at BYU 38 to 27. In Lawrence. Oh, Kansas. I'm sorry. Yeah. But BYU was ranked heading into this game. Battle of two ranked teams, and Kansas knocked them out of the top 25. And. There was no look-ahead game. BYU's good, man. They're they're a good team uh, now in the Big 12, in case you forgot. So, all right, all eyes on Austin this week as Kansas comes in. Will, 
Here we go, baby. This could be your season. Here we go. Now we're going to preview, so we might as well lead with that game. Kansas is headed, 24 Kansas is headed to number three, Texas. Sean wants me to guess the spread, so I'm going to head and I'm going to go ahead and guess them. Uh, this one's not really fair because Will and I had spoken about this game, so whatever. Uh, I'm going to guess like 21 and a half then. 17. Oh, so the line went down. Will told me it was 21. I thought it was going to go up. Interesting. Money moving on the Kansas side. Uh, give me the Texas Longhorns on that one. All right. Uh, I think yours is going to go off. You know what, man? Uh, Kansas's defense, I, I don't know anything about him. I mean, BYU was obviously able to put up 27 on him. Uh, but this Texas offense has been on an absolute roll, really excluding the Wyoming game, oddly enough. Uh, they came alive late in the fourth quarter of that game. But um, otherwise, they've been putting up points, and it's been really hard for people to stop them. Uh, Utah at Oregon State. You want to take a guess at that one? Utah at Oregon Oregon State. You threw me off, and you told me that you got the tight. You did a typo, and I st- it still almost got me. Um, it's all right. I'm gonna go Utah six and a half. Only two and a half in Fort Dallas. Mm, okay. Well, it is on the road. I just thought Utah yeah. would get a little more respect than that. All right. I think I think the line is is going to be determined on the quarterback. If Rising comes back, maybe that number goes up a little bit. But if they're continuing to play with a backup, Oregon State plays good defense. You know, not counting the Washington State game this past week. Um, they yeah, may be holding that quarterback that out till he's a hundred percent. Well, guy's that's what doing. they're doing. But you know, college football is a lot kind of like hockey, where it's like we're just not going to tell you what the injury is. I mean, we know Rising. Uh, had had the leg injury from last from last Rose Bowl, but it's like, hey, listen, we're just not. We don't have to tell you shit until the game starts. Yep. No, no doubt about it. All right. Who do you have in that game? Utah only a what did you say? Two and a half. Utah's only a two and a half point favorite. Who do you have? I got Utah in that game. I do as well. Even if the, the other quarterback's doing a great job holding down the fort, so I think they'll be just fine. Um. USC at Colorado um, after getting mollywopped by Oregon. But that was in Eugene, no? It was in Eugene. And by the way, I just want to tell you, again, another example of how little the NCAA gives a shit about these student-athletes. Tom, this is the big noon Saturday game of the week on Fox. It is a 9 a.m. kickoff. In Colorado. Listen, like, if there was anybody, if there was anybody that had the clout to stand up to the NCAA as a head coach and get away with it, it's prime. Maybe he should be speaking up. Bro, nine a.m. is some bullshit. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. That's a little early. That's a little early for me and you, when we're not college kids anymore. Um, no shit, it was early for me when I was a college kid. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's definitely early yeah. when you're in college. Um, I'm going to go with USC minus 17 and a half. Oh, a little higher. 21 and a half. Wow. Okay. I guess I'm going with, I'm riding Colorado on that one. Well, you got to think that in Boulder, maybe they have a little bit better chance. I think they could keep this game a little closer simply due to the fact that your USC Trojans defense has obviously been much, much maligned. As we've well, that's about. what's going to cost them. They're gonna lose. They're gonna lose the game this year, and it's gonna cost them a chance at the Final Four because of their defense. That shit, man! It did last year. Mm-hmm. It did last year. Um, all right, LSU at Ole Miss. 
I left you off the close win against Arkansas and Ole Miss off the 14-point loss in Tuscaloosa. I'm going to go Ole Miss. Mm, no, you know what? I'm going to go LSU by three and a half. Oh, you're close. LSU by three, uh, by two and a half. Mm, damn. You know, these college programs are so funny. Vegas just gives the big names such respect. So that's why I flipped it like that. They will every time. Yep. They will every time. All right. Uh, South Carolina, Tennessee. Um, Tennessee got back on track against uh, Little Sisters of the Blind team, as you like to say. Um, <laughs> and remember their last uh, conference game, they got dismantled in the swamp by Florida. Yeah. It is in Tennessee, though, Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Mm. Potential you know, future home of one Tom Pacino. Potential, although they've been scaring me lately. Tennessee by 13 and a half. Close again, 11 and a half. Mm. Given the game talks little bit, you know, even though the the score didn't feel that way, they only lost, I think it was only by 14 at Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Rattler, I don't know, you never know. He He's such a front runner. If they get off to, you know, if he starts feeling it after two scores or something, and they're up 14 nothing. the route could be on. Rattler, to me, is proving that the hype was real when he was – recruited by skills are there it's i just i think he's a complete front runner i don't think i think once adversity strikes he's 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 done with in the game so i was much on that side really up until the end of last year when they pulled those two upsets the little bit of i've watched of him in the games this year against north carolina and georgia he really isn't given a chance against some of these top or top tier defenses and the offensive line really stinks, but he seems to be a better teammate. And I think that character alone will get him to be maybe like as high as a second or third round pick in the draft. Because like you said, the skills are there. Mm -hmm. They'll never be what people thought, which was a potential number one overall pick when he committed to Oklahoma. But He's starting to build up his stock again because it was really down there for a little bit. Yeah. Honestly, it's still a pretty good pull for South Carolina to go and get a five-star like that. Absolutely. No, and it was a perfect place for him to go. SEC school, but not a top-tier SEC school, um, and just hone his craft a little bit. All right, Notre Dame off the tough loss. Um, They're at Duke, ranked number 17 uh, in Durham. Where do you see this spread? Notre Dame minus... Nine and a half. I don't know if this is more for Duke or if this is just negative off Notre Dame, but it's only the Irish are only five and a half point favorites. Yeah, I think that's just for Vegas to cover their ass. Um, just because I don't think anybody knows how good or bad this Duke team is. No, I think, you know, listen, we saw them just roll Clemson, but now Clemson's been unranked for a while, so. Who knows? And then the last one, number 12, Alabama at Mississippi State, Starkville. Uh, any guesses here as to how Alabama's looking? I think the spread's going to be elevated. Um, and I, I think, listen, Alabama's had their woes on offense, but I, I, maybe you take the under, but that defense is for real. I'm going to go Alabama minus 23 and a half. <laughs> I think it should oh, be more that That's way. That's Tom Collinsworth over here. <laughs> oh, you know how? Chris Collinsworth, by the way. Whatever. Um, Tom Collins, the drink, yeah, you know? That's I, why I get it confused. I'm laughing because I'm like, 
I would think it would be. It's only 15 and a half. Oh, man. Let me open the app up real quick. There you go. <laughs> Give it. Yeah, I'm, the cash I'm, rush. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to be putting money on that. I think Alabama's going to fucking blow them off the field. Collinsworth had pass rush. I only watched the first half last night, and he did it at least 10 times. Yeah, I know. Let me tell you. Um, well, here's a guy. <laughs> yeah, any uh, anybody else you want to talk about in the top 25? No, I guess I'll just finish up. I didn't even give them their due. Is Penn State? They just blanked Iowa with the whiteout in Penn State. I didn't even throw this game in there because Tom, I'm so sick and goddamn tired of Iowa again. More Big Ten hate. They bring in Cade McNamara from from Michigan as a as a transfer. They put up some points early in the season. They're talking all this hot shit. I've told you how many times that they want to win games 14 to 10. They don't even score in this fucking game. Like, Iowa, I'm so done with them. I'm so sick. The only good thing about the Big Ten expanding like crazy is hopefully I never get another Iowa team in the Big Ten championship game. All right. Tell us how you really feel. You want to talk some MLB? Yeah, let's talk some baseball. All right, so the Mets went on to hire David Cerns as their president of baseball ops. Uh, Mike Phillips said he liked this move, and he knows a lot about the Mets, so I'm just going to say good move by the Mets. So he was the president of baseball ops um, the last five years uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers, and obviously the Brewers have had a lot of success it, heading into the playoffs, developing young talent, making good trades. Hey, he could He's do that with a small market team. Imagine what he could there do with a go. little cash. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if they keep Billy Epler as GM. Obviously, the decisions will go through Stearns. Do you think that Billy Epler's job matters at all? They keep him around? No. What do they do? I think they keep him around. I don't think the job really matters. I mean, and I also don't really fault Billy Epler. I mean, he was given a task to go out and get a bunch of names, and he went out and got a bunch of names. It just blew up in his face. It really, honestly, I don't really blame him for this. Um, he was kind of handed the Mets issues from the previous regime, including ownership. And honestly, Cohen has said it. Uh, we've mentioned it, especially during the trade deadline. Not only do the Mets need to bring in top tier talent, they also desperately need to rebuild their farm system. And again, he, they were handed this shitty bill of goods and it's going to, hopefully they can see it through and rebuild it. So with the big names, I agree with you with Epler. Um, those were edicts, I believe, from Steve Cohen saying, hey, if you want Max Scherzer, you want Justin Verlander, go get him. Kodai Senga, who's had a really, really good year. He's been great. Uh, but he's had some shit trades. I mean, the Vogelback trade, the Darren Ruff trade. True. Um, to not capitalize on the um, trade deadline of 2022 when they were rolling, I think, was kind of the beginning of the end for him. So he um, will get fired in your eyes. I think that they'll keep him around, but he's going to have his job kind of neutered a little bit. I don't know what more he's going to do other than be a familiar face but, and make some recommendations, but David Stearns is going to be heading everything. And don't forget, Tom, uh, this is a Mets team that bought prospects at the trade deadline. So mm -hmm. they have already started beginning to revamp this minor league system. We've seen some of their top prospects called up here. But I love this hire. It's kind of the worst kept secret in baseball. He just needed to be released from his contract with the Brewers or have it expire so that he could officially take this job. But that's why Steve Cohen didn't sign anybody to this role for the first couple of years of his ownership, knowing that David Stearns was his number one target. As David Stearns, not Sean's favorite commissioner, David Stern, everyone. 
Correct. Uh, rest in peace. Um, okay. Let's Red- talk about the Red, the Red Sox going their route of firing Heim Bloom, GM for four years. Um, he was given the task of having to rebuild their farm system. Didn't do a great job. No. But, Tom, he gets all the shit for the Mookie trade, and I felt like I was he was a sacrificial say. lamb. He was a sacrificial lamb because, obviously, that came down from ownership. Uh, the Red Sox just have made completely no sense, basically, since that World Series that they won – what year was it? 2019? 2018. 2018. Um, they get rid of possibly their greatest position player of all time outside of Ted Williams. Um, I mean, Ted Williams didn't win a World Series, so I don't know how bold of a take it would be for me to say that he is the greatest position player hey, of all time. He has never won one either. Exactly. Um, and you know what? That'll be that'll be a nice little knife in the back of Red Sox fans. So, yeah, you know what? Mookie Betts is the greatest position player in Red Sox history, <laughs> basically to cut costs for the Chris Sale deal and a few others. And then they turned around and they spent their money like a year after that, so the whole thing was kind of stupid. Um, and the trade they made was abominable. I mean, Jeter Downs already got released this earlier this year. Uh, I think he made it like a year and a half in their system. And then Verdugo's obviously a decent player, but he's never going to be bet. Um, I don't know. Does he ever work again with that black stain next to his record? Yeah, yeah. Because he was so good in Tampa. Yeah, I know. Um, and, and, and I think two things can be true, right? From We were just talking about the Mets. Ownership mandated this trade with Mookie knowing that they didn't want to sign him for God knows what reason. But in terms of getting return for the best player in franchise history, as you said, that they just completely dropped the ball. And one other aspect of it is Bruder Gratterall, who was supposed to come over in that trade. They just shipped out to the Dodgers. So it's like they, they didn't get anything in return other than Verdugo, who's a nice player. He's a nice player who they look to possibly trade this past year. I just think if you fail three, if you fail what they were last place three of the last four years, if they fail this year to even stave off the Yankees, Tom, three out of four years is GM under your tenure. That's as bad as it gets. So no uh, doubt the Yankees could take a little hint, hint notice that, yeah, we have a standard here, whether it was right or wrong, the Red Sox fired him, you know, complacency was not part of this organization's uh, decision here. Yeah, speaking of the Yankees, great segue there. Put it on a tee. They missed the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Um, I mean, I don't even know if Boone gets fired at this point. I don't have much to say here. You know, I just, uh, let's get out to Monday Night Football. I'm done with the fucking Yankees. So, spend a quick minute here, because I do think, Two comments that the captain made over the last week, I think, resonate a lot. Um, He was asked point blank by a reporter a week ago if he thought Boone should be back. And the reporter prefaced it with, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. And the judge was like, no, I want to answer. I I want him back. Uh, He leads us. He's in the trenches with us. Good times. Leads you to missing the playoffs. Okay. But again, as we've (laughs) talked about all fucking year, this was – an organizational failure from top to bottom. And is Boone the greatest manager? No, but he's had a lot of success in the years prior to this under, you know, just general standards. He has 500 plus wins in five years. But Tom, just judge then yesterday when asked after they officially uh, 
were eliminated from the postseason contention, said there's a lot of things that need to change around here. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna keep it in house, but a lot of things need to change. And to me, that's straight up at GM Brian Cashman. Remember, Brian Cashman, if he had it his way, would not have Aaron Judge back. Yeah, and I mean, Jeter hated him. A Rod hated him. I think every superstar the Yankees have ever had eventually hated him. Um, and yeah, you know that's a tough spot for Judge to be in. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But he knew the question was coming, and he definitely made the decision to say that. I, I just, it's not going to happen. So let's not get our hopes up. If anything, Boone was going to get fired as a what do you like to say, a scapegoat or whatever. Lame duck, whatever. And I don't even care about that. I wouldn't even mind if Boone came back because we knew it would just be a lame duck and it wouldn't matter. Um, It's not going to happen, so whatever. How much influence, because Judge said I will be talking with Hal and everybody about, you know, basically what he observed this season. What influence do you think he has in terms of possibly – communicating with Hal because we know how much Hal cares about the captainship, right? He thought it was so important to give judge that captainship role. We know how much he loved the fact that Jeter was captain, his favorite player growing up with Willie Randolph. It was captain after Thurman. So how much influence do you think judge is going to have on potentially the direction this team goes in the off season? Not saying he's making organizational decisions, but how much of his input is going to matter to Hal? I don't think, as much as we as much as we think, uh, they're going to say whatever they're going to say in the media, but at the end of the day, Cashman's going to be back. This isn't the NBA. This isn't LeBron James. And Judge already signed on for, what, an eight-year contract or whatever he signed on for. So at the end of the day, Cashman will be back. I don't know if he casts a spell on Steinbrenner or he's got you know some incriminating evidence behind him, but whatever, he's going to be back. Quick list of things that I think that Judge is talking about by saying I want to keep it in-house. I'll be short on this. Starting the season with no left fielder, okay? Thinking Oswaldo Cabrera, Franchi Cordero, and Jake Bowers could get the job done. Oh, and Aaron Hicks, by the way. Um, The Domingo Herman situation, going to rehab, they said that this has been an ongoing thing. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it much, but when he had his meltdown, when he was inebriated in the clubhouse, they like locked him in the sauna to try to get him to sweat out the toxins, which is like a hyper dangerous thing to do. And just a really terrible look for a team that's supposed to pride themselves on professionalism. The handling of injuries. Rodon from the get go. Oh, he's got an elbow or forearm soreness. Nope. He doesn't come back until the week before the all-star break. And then Anthony Rizzo, who went from having a great year with the shift diminished, Tom, to not being able to hit for two months. And then deciding, oh, maybe it is post-concussion syndrome, to he had a concussion, to he's out for the season. Giancarlo Stanton handling his soft tissue injuries. Again, what are they doing? Eric Cressy is one of the top performance coaches in sports and in the in the North America. He's not that his his company is not doing the job. And then Jose Trevino, he had a wrist injury in spring training. He was he looked anemic. I know he's a light hitting catcher, so maybe we didn't notice. He gets surgery in June, saying, "Yeah, this predates to March." These are organizational things, Tom, that happen throughout the season. Just in case you forgot. 
I did forget because I was trying to, but thank you for reminding me. Um, yeah, I mean, Sean, I don't know. It's just I go back to the to what I've seen over the past couple of years. History repeats itself. That's just how it goes. And Cashman will be running this team, and I don't see many changes being made. I don't think this is rock bottom yet. That is a personal opinion. I understand everything you said, and I would love for all that to happen, but I don't know. I think I'm just going to have to be the voice of reason here. And I disagree with you. I you think, think it changes is rock will bottom. be made? I don't think that Cashman loses his job, but I think that they're going to revamp the analytics department. I think the complete autonomy that Cashman's had is going to be questioned because Steinbrenner is going to bring in an objective third party to kind of run it, to look at everything and say, why aren't we doing things the way the rest of the organization is doing? I think top to bottom from scouting, I think from prospect development, I think from everything is going to be looked at because Tom, I don't know if you saw today, they got rained out Saturday. So they played a game today at Yankee stadium. There was tens of people there. I, yeah. They said it was like 40,000 who had originally bought tickets. I don't think there were four. And for your captain, after the first year after signing a nine-year, $365 million deal, to sound that upset, it was very Jeter-esque of, of how he approached it. I think Boone has a lot of support in that room. Rizzo came out and said... This I don't understand what went wrong. It's not chemistry in the locker room. We're really strong there. I think from that list that I came up with, and I'm sure I'm forgetting several things because this year was such a clusterfuck, I think Steinbrenner's legitimately terribly, terribly embarrassed by what happened. And by the way, Garrett Cole's about to win a Cy Young. Like, your best player is Aaron Judge, who hit 35 home runs, missing 57 games. And now Garrett Cole, your ace, is about to win a Cy Young in a year that you're not even sniffing the postseason. I think he's legitimately embarrassed. What is going to change? I don't know. I don't have that answer, and I don't want to speculate, but I think he is embarrassed. I think this is rock bottom for a team that had nothing go right for it all year. No good vibes. It's not like 2016 when they called up the kids and it got exciting. There was none of that this year. Listen, man, you sound like – you sound like the parent of a of a drug addict, and you're like, I really think this is rock bottom, and I'm just the innocent but bystander. Come on, man. The last couple of years, we've been complaining. Listen but to yourself talk. Listen to yourself talk yourself into it, man. I'm, so what I, is rock bottom, bro? Honestly. I don't know. That's the thing. Nobody knows what rock bottom is. Maybe we'll maybe they'll suck for the next ten years. Maybe we'll never see a championship again. I mean, seriously. So what are they going to do? Are they going to trade Judge? Are they going to trade Cole? We could end up just sitting in mediocrity for the next few years. I mean, seriously. If they don't make improvements like you're staying right now, then I don't know, man. I mean, who knows? Who the hell knows what rock bottom is? You don't know what it is until somebody starts coming out of it, and then they tell you that was our rock bottom. So I just think they've been able to get away with it and their version of mediocrity because they keep going in the postseason. They didn't go to the postseason this year. They, they, they're not going to play a playoff game in Yankee Stadium. And the last vision of Yankee Stadium we're going to see this year is nobody there. Like, I don't know. And this year, Judge is the captain. You brought him back for a reason. You're just going to suck. I don't know what they're going to do, like I said, but I, the last couple of years, rock bottom, losing in the ALCS, okay, sure. It felt like rock bottom at the time. That's <laughs> We would die to have that happen this year, man. I agree with you, but I don't know, man. I'm 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 waiting to get my hopes up. 
I just don't know what's what we're gonna go in with hopes. I think it's just gonna be this is but you but here's the thing you're gonna come on here and you're gonna be if if it goes the way I assume right you're gonna come on here and be so appalled and shocked when it's just the status quo and then I'm gonna turn no, around I, and say I are you I said all this months ago are you not surprised I would love to be pleasantly surprised and be on your side and think changes are gonna be made and slowly but surely they're gonna improve but I'm just I'm leaning towards me here it's the degree of changes. If, if Cashman's back, but the analytics department has changed and he doesn't have complete autonomy to run everything and they bring in a brand new head of scouting and they bring in a brand new staff for the minor leagues, that is change. It's no, I agree with you. Been doing. I, I a thousand percent agree with you, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, listen, we're going to have to monitor it and we'll talk about it in the off season, but I, I don't know. I don't even know if small changes are going to be made truly. But they did miss the playoffs, and I'm hoping that you're right. We'll leave it at that. We're going to have to wait right. and see. We're going to have to wait and see, man. As far as the playoff picture goes, um, things are heating up, and you're looking at the AL East. Just, you're probably going to have three teams, and how crazy is it that the Yankees and Red Sox are fighting for last as the Orioles, Rays, and Blue Jays likely all make it? Yeah, well, this is new. I'm telling you, the turnover in sports is much quicker. Word travels much faster. So does information. So you got to be ready to change. And back to the Yankees, that's just not what they do. And, and these teams change so rapidly. And now the Orioles are the flavor of the month. And, and teams are going to be building themselves like the Orioles did. And then, you know, a few years ago, Houston. And before that, it was Chicago. Um, you know, I'm a big Atlanta and Dodgers fan because I just think they run them the best. Uh, they do. But I mean, hey, who who do you think takes this one? I think I got I got Baltimore. I don't know if they play any with the Rays yet, but I, I think that they can hold them two and a half games off if they don't. Yeah, I like the Orioles to clinch the East this week, um, and I think I mean shit, man. Did you just see the Astros this weekend got swept by Kansas City? Like this is not the last couple of years Astros team. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know what the thing is, the, a lot of their signings just didn't play well this year. No, and and Pena had a bad regression, right, from from what he did last oh, year. Oh yeah, they signed Abreu, and he's done nothing. So, you know, that was supposed to be their big splash, their big re-up, and Altuve's been in and out of the lineup, and Bregman hasn't been the same since they won the World Series. So, yeah, I mean, I don't you know. Mean last year. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, no, I, I mean, I mean the the first World Series. I yeah, think he's I been a much mean. diminished player since the cheating year. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's going to be a new champ this year. Honestly, yeah, I, and we say that now and watch them just find their way back in because the pedigree is there. Um, it doesn't have that feel though. Let me ask you this question: um, excluding the fact that the Red Sox have won in 2013 and 2018 since the Yankees won in 09. What fan base is more despondent and angry with ownership and the way that the team's been run since 2019? Yankees or Red Sox fans? Hmm. I don't know. The Red Sox fans, at least the ones in my life, I kind of hearken them to delusional Cowboys fans or whatnot because they're talking shit to me and I'm like you guys have sucked since 2018 what the fuck are you talking about and they talk to me like and I, and the Yankees are still better than you this year so I don't know 
I I think the Yankees fan base is more realistic than the Red Sox fans, also smarter. Well, that I agree with. Uh, for the most part, there are some morons, but um, yeah. Oh, you I mean the Yankees, Staten Island, white trash gang? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. That's a very loud. I wouldn't even. Yeah, it's a loud minority. It's a big minority, but yeah, there is some dumbos there. Um, all right, Twins clinch the AL Central. Don't care. That was a poop division. Terrible. Um, and then Texas, despite losing Degrom. I don't even did he even pitch at all for them this year? I can't even remember. Hasn't um, pitched since May. Um, they're leading the AL West by two and a half games over um who is it? The Astros, right? Mm-hmm. Seattle's yeah. game behind that. And the Mariners seem to be fighting for their playoff lives because it's gonna be basically Astros or Mariners because all of our division opponents except for the Red Sox are gonna make it in. Um I, listen again. It's the same thing as it's the same thing as as um, Baltimore. If they um, if they don't play each other, then they can hold off. They're they're some of the best teams in baseball. They'll be able to hold off two and a half games. You mentioned nothing from Degrom. They haven't got anything from Scherzer, and he's I know he's done been dog for the rest shit. of the season. And well, he's he's done now. He's, yeah, he's out for the season. So I don't understand how you can go get two starting pitchers that the Mets said. They're too hurt and old to pay, and they said we'll pay one and then pay our best prospect for the other. But you know who's been amazing for Texas? That's been a been a huge reason why they're in this thing is our old friend and impending free agent Jordan Montgomery. He's pitching to yes. like a two nine eighty RA, and he's been absolute nails for that team. He's given them seven Let's innings. Bring him back. Uh, I'd love to. I don't know if uh, how he feels about this. Another trade lost by the Yankees because Bader got yep. cut. By the way, that was another thing the Yankees handled poorly. You don't tell him. You put him on waivers. He finds out by watching the scroll on ESPN in the lunchroom. Again, there's so many different ways that they can handle shit, and they just do a shit job all the time. Um, in terms of the National League, obviously Braves and Dodgers, I feel like, are on a collision course. Um Brewers are probably going to win that central coming up here in the next day or two. But the wild card race is fascinating. You know, we're talking about how embarrassing the Yankees are. Well, they just took two out of three from a Diamondbacks team that really needed these wins. Yeah, they might have just played themselves out of the playoffs. For sure. Uh, Cubbies are right there. Um, Phillies are getting hot again. Another, by the way, time. another another fuck up by the Yankees. I mean, I've been pounding the table for um, for fucking Bellinger since last year, and he had like an MVP type season. Yeah. So, what do you think is more realistic? They sign him and they overpay for him when they could have had him last. You year. You don't have to say him. the second thing. That's what they're going to do. Or that they're going to sign him and he's going to go back to what he was the last few years with the Dodgers. <laughs> I think that they. I actually think he just had to get the hell out of L.A. There was just too much movement for him there. Um, but I, I think that they're going to tremendously overpay him, and then he's just going to be like living on the IL. Yeah, I could see that, or just not not pro, not productive. Uh, I could yeah. see that too. Yep. But if he goes anywhere else, he'll be great. But. Of course, of course. Sonny Gray <laughs> still pitching. He's the ace in fucking. Uh, in Cincinnati, and they're they're going to be good within the next couple Minnesota. of years. Minnesota. Oh yeah, he's in Minnesota now. I'm sorry. He, he, if it wasn't for Garrett Cole, he'd, be, he'd win the AL Cy Young this year. That's how good he's been. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Battle tested. 
Yeah, that was the original battle tested. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, I guess just quick NBA question, Tom. Is Dame Lillard bring, a uh, trailblazer by media day next Monday? So when we do this podcast next Monday for our rundown, is Dame Lillard on the Blazers? I don't think so. I don't either. And the reason, because a lot of the times we say, oh, they'll get a better offer in the trade deadline, blah, blah, blah. You look back at the, the Harden and a few of the others, but... I think that Portland is so gung-ho over Scoot that they just want to get this Dame thing over with and they just want to hit the smash the gas pedal, just floor the car of this rebuild. I think that they were happy to take it very, very slow all summer. It sounds like they want no part of the heat. And it's weird because actually the heat package to offer for Dame is not all that bad. But I feel like they just don't want to send him to their his preferred destination. I think it's that, about. and it's just one of those things where it's like you got that guy in fantasy football that sends you bullshit offers a million times, and you just even though you don't know the person, you just hate him, and then they actually <laughs> send you a real offer, and you just hit reject before even thinking about it. How are the Greenwich Big Dogs looking this year so far? Greenwich Big Dogs are uh, one and one, and we are. Uh, let's see. I have it at an eighty-six percent chance of beating Mr. Ryan Donahue this week. Oh, friend yeah. of the pod, fellow ginger. Fellow um, ginger. Uh, we have to say that every time. You know Ryan, right? <laughs> yeah, you know I, 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 we, I've made his acquaintance. Um, going back to Dame, you're hearing a lot of rumblings about the Raptors. Um, I saw there seems that. Yeah. To be a little bit of smoke to that. Um. Wouldn't it be just perfect that they did this again with Kawhi where <laughs> yeah. they knew he wanted no part of being there? The only difference is Kawhi only had a one-year uh, commitment to them. Dame has four. Mm-hmm. So let's see how uh, – if the, if that does come to pass. How Anything Masai Ujiri does. Anything yeah. Masai Ujiri does, I trust. So I trust that either he believes that Dame will be um, – content and or maybe even happy in Toronto if not I think he believes he can flip them so any dark horse teams that you can think of I I I can't see him because I think every other team like our two teams are holding their are holding all their assets for potential Giannis or uh or Embiid yeah I don't see any movement although I will say this I've done a lot of thinking about it I've listened to some podcasts if the deal was right if it was like Julius Randle and <laughs> I love that you start with your least favorite player. It always has to start with him. But if it was Julius Randle and quickly and one pick or even RJ and no something palatable, I'm okay with bringing in Carl Anthony Towns. Whoa! <laughs> I said it, oh man. This is a God. fucking talent league, and I'm over here spitting in the face of talent. I know I'm going to pull my hair out for the next 10 years with Cat on my team, but at least we'll be fucking in something, you know? I don't think that the uh, T-Wolves are going to trade him yet. I think. I don't think so either. I'm just, I'm, just letting, I'm just letting the guys that run the Knicks know that I'm okay with it and that if you want to pursue it, you can. Just don't give up all the big assets in case Giannis or somebody comes on the board. No, they won't. I, I think that they're they're holding all of their chips for Giannis or Embiid. I think those are the two guys with Donovan Mitchell being a distant third. Um, Which could happen, especially after we fucking mopped them up in the playoffs. 
Yeah, I think those three guys are on watch. I think we're a day away from hearing all three of those guys could want out, especially I didn't even ask you about Harden because I don't think he's going anywhere. I think they're going to have to have him at media day and it's going to be super uncomfortable Yeah, because nobody wants him uh, for the price that Daryl Morey has. And I, I think they're a ticking time bomb, bro. When we do our mm. predictions in like three weeks, I think that team is a ticking time bomb, and MB is just going to say, get me the fuck out. I think Dame makes a lot of sense for them, but I don't really know what they could do unless they want to trade Maxi, which I don't think they do. No, I don't think they should. I, I, I think MB, even if they get Dame, might still turn around and leave because they probably gutted their entire team in order to get Dame. Um, and then the Harden thing, you know, I you just reminded me of it. It feels like forever ago when he said that something in China Something bad in China. I remember he said... Oh, Daryl Moyer, a liar. Yeah, and, and he said he would never him. play for him again or something like that. Um, I don't know if you brought him up to allude that he was going to go to the Knicks, but I hope not. <laughs> no, 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 no. I brought him up because he's the other disgruntled star, but we both agree that Lillard cannot be in Portland come next Monday. Mm-hmm. I think Harden shouldn't be, but he will be in Philly. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say... Uh, in um in um Portland which would be just be completely counterproductive. He will not be in Portland. No. Dude, there's there's really no market for him. Like the Clippers made sense if they're like, yeah, we'll give you Terrence Mann and Norm Powell and like a a second. Well, but I'll tell you what, with this new CBA, um I don't remember there's a new agreement you can't sit two superstars or something like that and then the other one is Something about not getting paid, right? If you don't show up. Oh yeah, if you withhold your services for like seventy percent of the season, or into December or something like that, it's I have to read up on it again. But basically, it's if you don't have a legitimate reason and you're withholding your services, that team can stop you from going to any other team and basically keeps your contract on hold. So if you have a year left. And you withhold your services, like you have to play another year. A free agent, yeah. Hmm. Well, you know what? Give a. I'm not a pro owner guy, but you got to give a little power back so we can have some parity in this league. I'm um, telling you what's going to happen, and I watched it firsthand in Brooklyn, and we all saw it in Houston. It's just going to be when miserable. James Harden is on the court, and he doesn't want to be there. It is as bad and toxic of a situation you can find somebody for not playing but you can't pl- you can't find them for not playing well well said sir thank you i appreciate and that and on that note we'll see what happens but i we got will. nothing else man what about you no that's pretty much it for me um we'll be back on wednesday we can do a little more bs um on that day i, I don't have much else for you me neither, man. It's only Monday. We got a full week to go. So, yeah, NFL Wednesday coming up this week. And let's see if we can get Will to talk about his Dallas Cowboys. Listen, if he wants to come on and gloat, he's got to come on when he gets called to the carpet. And that's always my favorite time to talk to him. Absolutely. I'm, hope the hot, I'm hoping the hot takes flow. Maybe I'll text him right after this so he can think for two days. He's, he's probably so eager to go. Yes. He probably has just a running tab on his phone. I hope so. That's what I want. I know. But I'm it's almost like half-baked ideas. I can't wait to hear him talk about Mike McCarthy and Dak. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh god, let's not let's not talk too much. Let's let's save it. All right, all right. Let's let's tease. Everybody, Take care, everybody. have a good night.